Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast. If you've been listening and enjoying the podcast, we'd ask that you please leave a rating and a review as it helps the podcast reach outside of our pocket of faithful listeners because we want to bless the most people possible. Thanks. Welcome to the Feminine Podcast. This is episode number five, and I'm Nancy Wilson. Today, I'm going to chat with you about a couple of contrasting images that really struck me from the Psalms. The first is from Psalm 106, verses 24 and 25, and this is what it says. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe his word, but complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. So notice first the Israelites were in a pleasant land. The complaining started while they were in a pleasing situation, but they did not believe his word. So what would we expect? You know, really, it turns out that unbelief is the soil that complaining and grumbling are going to grow in. They did not heed the voice of the Lord. Man, you know, they didn't pay attention. They did not believe, they did not obey, they despised the good things God had given them, and they complained in their tents. So it's not a pretty picture. And if you back up a few verses to see, well, how did they get there? How did they get to this terrible condition? Back in verse 13, it says, they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. And then in verse 21, it says, they forgot. God their Savior. Like, oh man, I'm just saying this should put the fear of God in us, really. This terrible, ugly picture. They forgot God's works. They forgot Him. They didn't wait for Him to lead them or guide them. They just didn't wait for His counsel. They just acted on their own according to their own lights. And this is a really, truly dangerous and miserable way to live. I just think of that. They did not wait for his counsel. You know, if you have ever been in the position of waiting for the Lord to show you what to do, you can't just give him a certain amount of time. I mean, and then, well, we're not waiting any longer. We're just going to do what we want to do. You know, it's like they didn't wait. They forgot God. And soon enough, their tents were full of complaining. And so picture walking into one of these tents. You know, what a miserable place. A home where everybody is grumpy and complaining. It's just a wretched state of affairs. Um, full of complaining tents. Full of complaining. You know, it may be a beautiful tent with a pool in the backyard. It's a pleasant land. But the people in it are not giving thanks. You know, and you think of our own homes. Um, we're not giving thanks. So I want you to just make this little transfer to your own, quote, tent, so to speak, as I, as I talk about this. So this pleasant place that God has given them, they despise it. They're not believing God's word. They're not obeying his voice. They've forgotten him, and they refuse to wait for his counsel. They've taken things into their own hands instead of seeking him. And so now this is the state of affairs. All right, I want to contrast this now 
entirely different picture in Psalm 118, verses 14 and 15. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. So, in the previous verses of this psalm, Psalm 118, the psalmist is surrounded by his enemies, but he has destroyed them in the name of the Lord, and he says, but the Lord helped me. In other words, he's giving all of the thanks and the credit to the Lord, not to himself in the midst of a victory. And so these verses 14 and 15 follow the victory. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. So the psalmist is singing. He's attributing the victory to God's strength, to God's salvation, and not to himself. And so what sound does God hear coming out of the tents of the righteous? The voice of rejoicing and salvation. And what are they singing? The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. So these are sounds that God loves to hear coming from the tents of his people, the tents of the righteous. God glorifying sounds, strong songs that are full of joy. So these verses are obviously in sharp contrast to one another. And I want you to think about your own tent now for the remaining time we're together this morning. Um, well, it may not be morning where you are, but it is here. So I would venture to guess that our tents, quote unquote, are quite a bit nicer than the tents of the Israelites. I mean, we have electric lights, we have running water, we have windows that keep the rain out. But what sound does the Lord hear coming out of our tent? Is it the voice of rejoicing and salvation? Or are we complaining in our tents? Um, complaining is never isolated. It begins and it ends with forgetting God. It starts out with despising what God has given you or not given you. It doesn't believe the word and it doesn't heed the word. You know, to heed is to obey it, to pay attention, to do what it says. Um, unbelief forgets what God has done in the past, and it acts without reference to God in the present. And it ends with forgetting God entirely. So I want to just ask you, what is God here coming out of your tent? Is it a pleasing sound, or is it complaining coming out of your tent? I'm going to tell a bad story on myself. It illustrates the point <laughs> nicely. Um, when the kids were little, I was trying to herd them, the three of them, out the door. And we were actually not in our own home. We were house-sitting. And um, I can't remember why we were doing that, but we were. And so I was trying to hurry them out the door. And we took our shoes off at the door while we were house-sitting. And I, and I was hustling them to get their shoes on. And I remember... The tone of my voice when the youngest was dilly-dallying around. And it was not the right tone of voice. It showed, it was the kind of, the tone of voice that showed irritation. And you know the kind I mean. And right as we were standing by the door, the windows opened right by the door. As soon as the words came out of my mouth, something like, would you do what, you know, would you... <laughs> get your shoes on 
I open the door and there's the mailman standing there. <laughs> and I just felt so awful. Like, what a rotten testimony because I knew he had heard what I said, but he just moved on. But it was so convicting to me. And of course, I did put it right with the kids. I didn't have really a moment to put it right with him. <laughs> but it really taught me that, you know, it doesn't matter if we think no one can hear us but our kids because God is always hearing us. There may not be a mailman standing outside the door, but oh my goodness, I was so humiliated. And just, you know, I know that you see people in the grocery store who seem to have no shame, who are just yelling at their children, <laughs> but they are hardened. They are hardened, ladies. I mean, um, the shame of it. And so the thing I'm illustrating here by telling that story is just God is always there. He is always hearing the tone of our voice and the content of what we're saying to one another. Uh, and not only that, but he hears what we're thinking. Have you ever been grumbling as you do your duties? You're going through the day and saying, oh, so-and-so didn't pick this up and he never does a good job with this and you would think they would take care of this or do that better or you're just listening to yourself grumbling and you're doing your duties, but you're grumbling while you do it? Well, that's, that's unacceptable as well because God hears it and when we're listening to it and when we are speaking it, we are believing it and it's just leading to a heart full of grumbling and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's no doubt it is going to come out. So we have to deal with the complaining spirit and attitude far before it comes out our lips. So let's just say you start thinking about your home and you think, well, when people walk in my house, it's a cheerful, happy place. Or you think, uh, when people come in my house, there's a lot of grumpy attitudes flying around. And so how can we change? What can we do? We all are going to have even if we have a cheerful, happy home, we're still going to have to resist temptation and keep short accounts and trust God and put things right all the time. So what can we do? Well, given these two passages, first of all, we need to read the word and we need to heed the word. We have to believe what God says and we have to obey him. Um, that's the first thing because those people in the first Psalm they didn't heed it. They didn't believe it. They just totally drifted off into a foul place. So we have to be women of the word. We have to believe what we read and we have to do it. We can't just think it's nice, you know, inspirational thoughts. It requires a response. And that is not just belief, but obedience. Secondly, cultivate a grateful heart. So be thanking the Lord constantly for the pleasant land where you live. Um, I don't think I've told this story here, but sorry if it is a repeat. But the um, years ago when we were in a little duplex that I wasn't terribly fond of, I read something, I think it was George MacDonald, and, it's, and he said, plant tulips or plant flowers around the cottages, not just around the mansions. So I remember thinking, you know, I have got a discontented attitude. I need to 
plant some flowers around this place. I planted tulips. And uh, here in Idaho, tulips do very well. But these tulips did exceedingly well. (laughs) They were ridiculous. They were so tall. And people would say, where did you get those tulips? And I'd think, you know, I think I got them at the grocery store. It was not like a special order of a fancy tulip. But God really blessed my effort to rejoice in the pleasant place he had given us. And it was a pleasant place. And even though I saw all the things that I wished were different or bigger or better or whatever, it was a happy place. And my children have many happy memories of that, that little spot. So we're to thank the Lord for the pleasant place where he has put us, where we live. It's a pleasant place, a pleasant land. And it's, it's possible to thank him for all the good things in it, even though there may be things that you're not crazy about. Third, seek the Lord's counsel. Trust him, follow him, wait for his counsel before you just lurch off. Pray about it. Wait for him. Uh, don't be impatient. Trust him, seek him, etc. And number four, sing and rejoice. The sounds of rejoicing and salvation should be in our hearts, on our lips, and coming out the windows. Maybe when your neighbors walk by, they'll hear some psalm singing, some hymn singing coming out your windows. What a good thing. I remember reading it was either during the first or second awakening in America, or it could have been both, but that some little towns where there'd been so many people who had come to the Lord, that you could walk through town and hear singing coming out of so many of the homes. And isn't that just a beautiful picture? And if all the Christians in Moscow were doing this, I think there is a lot of singing coming out of the homes in Moscow. But in the summer, when we have our windows open, it would be, it would be sort of a fun trial to say, okay, everyone at six o'clock on, on, you know, a certain day, We're all going to open our windows and be singing. And just think of the impact all across the neighborhoods. Now, gathering to sing is such a good thing to do. But in your families, with your neighbors, it's just But it should be the result of uh, gratitude and cheerfulness, not putting on a show. But we're going to have to sing because we're so grateful to the Lord. The sound of salvation is coming out of the windows of this house. And then number five, so I'm giving you five things here. Don't tolerate that complaining, like I said, in your thoughts. Don't be a grumbler. Forsake it. Confess it. And ask God to alert you to it. They pray for him to, to just really nail you every time you start drifting into a grumbling attitude. When you're making up a bed, when you're doing the laundry, when you're fixing breakfast, Whatever it is, cultivate a happy (laughs) demeanor, a thankful spirit, and ask God to really nail you when you are complaining. Women have a whole lot to do with setting the tone in your own tent. Isn't that the truth? So don't start with the kids in your home or with your roommates. If you're not married, don't start with telling them they complain too much. Start with yourself and let them hear you singing and rejoicing. Let them see firsthand what cheerfulness looks like and sounds like in you. So 
Show them how to be grateful. Set an example for your children. This is what rejoicing in your own pleasant place looks like. And if you think, well, it isn't that pleasant, well, then get busy and make it pleasant. (laughs) Plant some tulips. Uh, This does remind me of those last verses in Acts 2, verses 46 and 47. And it's after God has blessed the church with so much fruit. And it says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So there you go. Thanks for joining me today. See you next time.